Danny. Danny, thank you so much for having me back. And it's a joy to be back. And I believe you put a spell, a good spell, uh, on the journey of Boy Swallows Universe about two years ago. And um, I've never, ever forgotten uh, how kind and generous you were to have me on early on um, when Trent Dalton and the world of uh, literary fiction were, were pretty strange to each other. And uh, I was very touched that you took the time of day and I'm, and it's so cool that you took the time of day again. I feel like I'm part of the Words and Nerds family. You guys are so amazing and lovely and such a family of amazing literary lovers and creators and people who advocate. Oh, thanks so much for your questions engaging with the novel and for everything you're doing. I know the podcast is hugely, hugely loved, so um, you're a gem. I think it's awesome the work that you do you know, we're out there in this pool of, of like how many writers there are in this country and we're all trying to get our book to the surface. Podcasts like this enable us to do that and also to talk about our craft. Danny, you're a gift from heaven. I love that you're such a great supporter and advocate for not only kids' books but adult novels too. I love your interviews across the board. Kudos to you, Danny, for, uh, for getting everyone to relax so much that they open up and tell you such interesting things for the benefit of your listeners. So, well <laughs> Thanks, Jack. Yeah, well That's done. That's so true. Oh my gosh, I just told you all these things that I've never talked about before. I could have edited that bit out. I could do this. And I was just so comfortable that I was like, I said all this stuff. It's a special knack. Who wouldn't want to celebrate this fabulous podcast? Uh, we are at the Words at Wagstaff Literary Event and I am lucky to be here with Meg Keneally, author of Fled and The Wreck and many others and we are sitting outside for listeners in the beautiful sunshine near a bay with probably the best view. Would I be right there, Meg? Absolutely. It's extraordinary. We've got, you know, beautiful blue water. Uh, a week after we were all inundated with the heavens opening. Um, it's a wonderful place to do a podcast and to have a writer's festival, I have to say. <laughs> I've never done a podcast. It's such an idyllic spot. So yeah. we, are, we are very fortunate. And Meg, I need to ask you, at a literary event, what do you love about literary events? Oh, I just love the, everything about them. I love talking to readers uh, because to me it still feels miraculous that someone who is not my mother is willing to buy and read my book. <laughs> I mean, to me that just seems extraordinary that somebody worked hard for this money and chose to spend some of it on buying my book and I'm <laughs> ever, ever so grateful. And it's wonderful to um, meet readers um, and find out from them what resonates with them because it's not often it's not what you think what you think is going to be the knockout punch with your book often it's something else completely that people take away with them which is always fascinating that's really interesting yeah and it's just really really great as well to be among a like-minded community of um uh book nerds like myself <laughs> <laughs> well i join you in that meg i mean we are words and words nerds, and nerds exactly I'm so i'm i'm among fellow travelers <laughs> absolutely now, Fled, epic historical adventure based on the extraordinary life of convict Mary Bryan. What drew you to Mary's story? I mean, it's amazing. Well, yeah, it is quite incredible. And you often find in history that these stories, particularly with relation to women, mm. you would not, nobody would ever credit them if they didn't actually happen. And I've known Mary's story since I was a child because my father has always been an Australian history nut and he used to drag us when we were kids <laughs> through convict sites. And at the time... I would have preferred to have been home watching cartoons, but 
something must have rubbed off and um, he would tell us uh, we, we travelled for six months around America in a camper van when I was about eight years old and this was in the days before iPads and parents had to be a lot more creative about stopping the children <laughs> yes. from murdering each other. I can relate. Um, uh, and so he, he would just tell a story after story and some of them were completely wild nuts stories and some of them were stories from history like Mary Bryan and when I grew up I realised that he actually hadn't embellished it that much and she was such a courageous woman she risked so much and I was always drawn into the idea of why would she put her children at such risk and of course the answer is because she felt she had no other choice and that was really my entry point to her into the story. Mm, No I love that and I've spoken to Jackie French and um, Kate Forsyth about Mm. bringing those women into the forefront because they're so often left out of history. They are, yeah, because a lot of them were illiterate, like Mary Bryant was um, and uh, even when they weren't, you know, their uh, pronouncements in journals or letters or what have you were not considered worth preserving and I think it's interesting with the current national conversation we're having around gender Mm. um, that those whose stories are sort of preserved and uplifted are preserved and uplifted themselves, I think, and those whose stories aren't, are not, are sort of we're humanised through story, I think, to a degree, and that's why that's why I'm so passionate. One of the reasons I'm so passionate about telling women's stories of the past, because you know, to read some histories, there were no women or they didn't do anything, and there were women and they did do things. And I think it's really important to lay our own claim to a slice of our history, so that in the present day we can we can stand on that record. I couldn't agree more and Mm. I love reading about those women, you know, and I love sharing them with my children as well Mm. because it's so important. Now, what I really love about historical fiction is the research that goes into it and Mm. I'm really interested in writing process. So, are you the type of writer that does all your research first and then writes or do you sort of combine them together? I combine them together because my poor little brain can't hold all the facts inside (laughs) it at one time. Um, I think it's a bit dry, I imagine, so combining the creative with the research must be Yeah, and and you find it does keep you more motivated because if you've been reading journals in a very sort of cramped handwriting from the 1820s or whatever all day, your mind does tend to wander after a while. Um, But my approach is twofold. I uh, tend to, at first, read around what I'm writing about Mm -hmm. so that I know the world intimately enough so that I can slip through that wormhole at will. And I think that's really important. I think you've got to sort of internalise that stuff so that you can automatically sort of think yourself into it. Um, but once I've done that and I start, I start writing and I start, re- I research and write specific events sort of simultaneously. Mm-hmm. I read a bit, I write a bit, I read a bit, I write a bit. And then, you know, um, uh, then I have to get rid of that information from my memory so I can remember where I left the <laughs> like car keys. Dump. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Trash. Next exactly. Yes. Yeah. So it's a two-part process. So I love that. Yeah. Now, the question I always ask authors that I interview, why do you write, Meg? It's a compulsion. It's um, not something I feel I actually have any choice in. And I think, you know, I've had a number of novels knocked back and uh, it's a fairly common story. There are very few people who get picked up first time. Uh, And I think if you spend a year on something and it gets rejected, and you try it again and it gets rejected and you try it again, then I think that's compulsion more than anything else. <laughs> <I think you're laughs> right. It's a lot of things, but compulsion is one yeah, of them. Exactly. Um, but I just, you know, I just love making sense. It, it's how I personally am hardwired to make sense of the world. 
through Absolutely. through words. Other people do it through images or through music, but for me, it's words. Great. Thank you so much, Meg. It's Thank been such a pleasure, me. and they're winding us up because you're back and you need it again. So <laughs> okay. thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much.